Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, welcome back. Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN talking about the Buffalo News and the state of the Buffalo News. John in Tonawanda has been so uh, nice to give us some of his time. He was uh, in the production department of the Buffalo News up to the final paper that was uh, printed right here in Buffalo. All right, John, take us back to when they made this announcement and the feelings and what was being said at the time. Well, um, it, it came as a shock, of course. Um, I believe I received a call dir- uh, directly from their executive in HR, um, and uh, she called me direct to my cell phone, and we had a little banter, and then said, I'm calling to tell you that uh, we're outsourcing the work, and we're going to be moving it. So it was very matter-of-fact. It was, again, a shock, and uh, at that point, I just kind of took the information in and, you know, pointed out that this obviously has to go through negotiations and everything, because we do claim jurisdiction as well as some lifetime jobs so that's the way i found out and i in fact i actually found out that i was called before some of my supervisors even knew and now the buffalo news was being printed there but did you have a hand in some of the other things that were being printed at the time absolutely uh again all post press but um they had a lot of uh um smaller uh subscriptions that they handled uh, right through the Buffalo News. As the smaller papers went under, we were were more buyers than sellers back then, and that made me feel confident uh, through the years um, that we were still being aggressive in the market. And uh, one of our biggest was we were printing the, uh, the New York Times for our surrounding area for the New York Times and distributing those as well uh, up to about I think we're at about twenty-one thousand when uh, when when we uh, when we decided to outsource. Wow! Now you said the news came as a shock, but what had been going on, say, the last decade? What has what what would from from the inside? What would you say has been going on with the Buffalo News and some of the decisions as you saw it from the inside? Um, I, I just think I, I I mentioned before we had a different. Uh, clientele of managers and different uh, newspaper minds that were keeping us aggressive at the time. And um, that was helping because, again, we were taking more work on. Then they got into the bean counter end of it, and um, uh, those those people were, were just taking care of making the decisions as to 
what to do uh, moving forward. And as soon as they did that, we started doing what I saw other unsuccessful newspapers do, which is start to sell and clam up and and not spend or invest anymore. And at that point, I I, I kind of felt like the writing was on the wall. That probably went on for a span of about 10 years. And then productivity and everything else just plummeted. And that's where I say we hit the iceberg. Now, before it was announced you guys were going to be without a job, uh, they did move most of their operations out of that Buffalo News building. How did that go over, and was that another sign uh, of things to come? It was um, it was masked, masked by um, the fact that we're only moving the offices out. Uh, they were trying to make a real estate deal of separating the two parts of the building uh, we have the office part that, that spans over five floors and then five stories, and then our production facility as well as the transportation docks and all that were were attached. So they masked it behind that with no intention of affecting production. And, of course, you know, they didn't want to get everybody in a scare. But um, if I'm looking back myself, it all kind of lines up, though, because For example, I mentioned the New York Times. We used to do five-year contracts with them, I believe. The news would negotiate to do them for five years. The last one they set up was only for a year, and I was told that it was due to the Buffalo News' decision not to extend it to five. So there were a lot of signs. I truly believe that this was all planned in progress. Uh, you know, we, we talked about the subscribers being down, you know, in, at 310,000 in the 90s, uh, now to 35,000 paper subscribers and then another 35,000 digital. How did that affect, I mean, I'm sure it did, the effect uh, of how many papers were printed a day? You know, John, I remember the times where there would be a, a paper box at every corner. You know, you get two quarters out, you have yourself the paper for the day. Every convenience store, grocery store had a big rack of uh, newspapers. How, how, how much did the, did the numbers go down from the mid-90s to where we are now when, when you cease to printing papers of the daily production? Joe, I, I believe I remember when I started in 85, I thought we were, we were over 400,000. So, um, yeah, the decline was evident. Um, I do remember those times. I, too, was a paper boy. Um, so it, it affected a lot. And, and, and I'm not going to be ignorant to, you know, automation and, and the, the decline of the print industry, but just back then, you remind me of, speaking of back then, you remind me of the relationships uh, between the paper boys and their their neighborhoods. Uh, the drivers coming right to the paper boys' house where the boxes were, the stores. You know, once you start taking away those personal relationships, it's a lot easier for people to sever themselves from that product. So that was the first downfall. Um, to the present where... Um, you know, even our, they took away, uh, we used to have the the, um, the the paper boys as the carriers when we went to adult carriers. And then finally the Buffalo News through Lee Enterprises or maybe even prior to that, uh, um, subcontract this work to, to an independent dealer to deliver it. So as I, as a, an employee, would drive down a, a road in snowy Buffalo in January and February and see the paper thrown in a puddle of slush, I just knew, you know, that that, that wasn't going to go over well. 
especially considering you're 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 serving most of your uh, more mature uh, uh, patrons of the Buffalo News in in certain neighborhoods. You know, the, the effect was great though, and the decline was was enormous. I think when I walked out the door, we that Saturday we printed the last Sunday edition. I think we printed like uh, sixty five, sixty eight thousand copies. Wow. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, devastating. Now, John, when it was printed here in Buffalo, what was the latest a story could get in, and how is it now being printed in Cleveland? How do you think that's going to affect that? It's funny you say that because uh, first I'll answer the Cleveland part. Um, the glaringly obvious part, and one of the problems with that made print uh, kind of uh, uh, a turnoff to people, especially the Buffalo News, is – your deadlines. So you're setting your deadlines. We used to go to uh, press, I think, by 10, maybe 11 o'clock, depending on the events of the evening. Um, so it's old news in a way. So now in Cleveland, we were replicating the runs, and thus we even started the, the, the last run. I think they were up running by 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Now they're going to have to do something like that to get it back from Cleveland in time, and good luck in the snow. But that moves up the deadlines even more, which means what? Your news is even older. So I'm not sure how that's going to keep the appeal to, to the customers, but it's greatly going to affect it. The last story for your first question, i got to be honest, I don't even remember what's on the front page because – while I was working that day, I made sure I stayed the whole day. I flipped through the entirety of the paper, front to back, and uh, I was specifically looking for an article about us not printing there anymore or recognition of the employees through the years, and there was nothing. So I was so appalled by that, I can't even tell you what was on the front page, to be honest with you. That is uh, now, John. I want to I want to ask you a few more questions. We got to do a quick uh, stop for traffic, so just hang on one second. We're speaking with John and Tanawanda. He was in the production department uh, for the Buffalo News right up till um, the final day printing here. Uh, if you have a question that you you'd like to hear John answer, you can text it in at eight zero three zero nine thirty or give us a call. We're on the phone with John, uh, who used to work at the Buffalo News. John, let me ask you when it was finally you know announced to you um, and. It got out into the public. Did it, did you uh, have anyone reach out for you and, and say we're fighting for your job or you know we're gonna we're gonna try to get this to stay in Buffalo? From a personal aspect, um, absolutely. Um, being a member of the CWA, we were in talks with them. Um, the uh, the aspects of the CWA that takes care of that said that they were going to do some. Uh, some movements towards uh, the politicians and such to, um, to to really, you know, discuss this with the ownership at the time, Lee Enterprises, and, you know, the effect on the community and how long that it's been here established. So uh, I didn't see much come out of that. Uh, as far as local leaders, I heard rumors but never heard firsthand that they were offering some tax incentives and such that Lee Enterprises weren't interested in. They made it very clear they wanted to get away from the print industry. Um, so I didn't feel a ton of, of support from the local leaders, if any. Uh, so that was definitely disappointing. Got a lot of personal outreach, though. 
you know, you, you talked about pushing to digital. Is that what this really is? I mean, eventually, they don't even want to print in Cleveland, right? I mean, they want this to be a fully digital operation. Absolutely. That is the intent. It also becomes a huge real estate deal for them with the uh, our location being in the primary of where Buffalo is being rebuilt. Um, the digital end of it is absolutely getting pushed. It's not climbing to the level of sustainability, I believe. So uh, I quite honestly think that not only have they steered away from print, but, you know, if, if you were to ask my opinion, it is almost like uh, they're trying to push the print people away. I mean, they have this, we, we plummeted, but we still got that steady core. We still have that steady core of people. So what do we do? Uh, we raised the prices astronomically. Um, they, you know, unheard of uh, rate hikes. Also, customer service is horrible. I'd walk out of the building, there'd be somebody trying to get in, and they're looking for customer service, and I tell them, I think it's all by phone now. And they said, yeah, we called, we ended up in India, and they hung up on me. So I don't, I don't believe there was any attempt to keep the print going. So, yes, the focus was totally online, but I don't think they're anywhere near where they need to be sustainable. Now, I, I can't imagine 35,000 digital subscribers is going to uh, get them to be um, sustainable. You, you talk about the price uh, and the price hike. What were your thoughts when you first printed that $3 weekly newspaper? I mean, up from $0.50, cents, a $3 weekly, a, a $5. I mean, did something in the back of your mind go, this isn't going to work? Well, it lined up with the other things I was finding out, and it, it led me to believe this is by design. It's, it's common sense at that point. And, yes, I don't know if it was you that mentioned or one of your callers, uh, and look at what you were getting. I mean, the content was horrible. The ads, not pushing to get ads in there anymore. Uh, the local news uh, involving, like I always often said, uh, towards towards you know um, seeing us uh, during the decline, I often said you want to get a kid to put his his phone down, put an article in the paper about him, his sports team, his his excelling in school picture, and so there were no efforts in that way. So the content, yeah, when I see those rate hikes and then I see the product not keeping up with it, um, it, it just it just led me to believe that the writing was on the wall. So, John, what's uh, what's next for you? Um, I'm out there shopping the market right now. But to be honest with you, uh, we just celebrated. I call it a celebration. Uh, we had a nice party at Seneca Niagara Casino and our last meeting, so to speak. And uh, I was really focused on that. I'm still caught up in making sure everybody gets what they have coming severance-wise and our employees are okay, uh, the members of my local and then we go in, uh, into dissolving our local completely from the CWA. At that point, um, I'm online and I'm looking around, but um, uh, I'm now currently 55 years and spending 38 years in one place. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to kind of not make a lateral move, to be honest with you, and I want to kind of do something uh, a little different and not a lateral move into another depressing situation. But thank you for asking. Well, John, thank you for calling. I mean, this has put so much insight, the stuff that you had on the inside. I am so glad you called in and you were able to give us so much of your time, John. Uh, good luck out there. And again, thank you so much uh, for the time and really shedding some light on what it was like on the inside of the operation. Yeah, and lastly, I want to thank you, too, for making this a subject because 
when the news broke, we got a little bit of media coverage, and uh, all the all the stations and entities knew about the the last printing of it and um, didn't really get the attention. So again, pu- pu- public wise. I didn't feel the support, but I appreciate you reporting on it today. So thank you. Of course, John. Really appreciate the call. That is John in Tonawanda. A lot of insight there and really glad that he called in and, like I said, was able to hang on and give us uh, so much of his time. 803 930 star 930. We're getting up on the last half hour of the show. And you know when I fill in the last half hour of the show, if I mentioned it, if I said something about it in the last three and a half hours – you can call in and comment on it, 803 star 930 Also, there's just some stuff I wanted to get to, and I'm going to be filling in for Tom next week, uh, so I don't want to completely get rid of all of it. Uh, but there's a few things I just want to throw out there in the final half hour as well, and we will do that after the bottom of the hour news, a few spots, and then back to you here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You ever hear this song without the instrumentals? There's uh, someone on YouTube who will take songs and just strip it of the music and you just hear the vocals. It's, it's pretty. That song's pretty funny to hear uh, without the instrumental. 803-0930, Star 930. It's Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEM. We've been talking about the paper. Uh, and just to put that in context, if uh, you joined the show late, um, the, the Buffalo News, no longer printed in Buffalo, now has 35,000 subscribers. That's down from 56,000 just a year ago. They also have 35 additional, uh, 35,000 additional digital subscribers. But they had 310,000 in the mid-90s. I mean, just think of that. Just think of that epic fall. You know what I mean? Um, and a lot of insight uh, from the callers. We had John and Tanawanda, who spent a good uh, deal of time with us in the last segment, uh, talking about... The View from the Inside uh, worked at the Buffalo News for 38 years and um, was laid off when that last paper rolled off the line. So we'll take your calls on that. Again, if I mentioned it in the last three and a half hours, you can definitely call in on it. But I've got to get to this, and I thought this was an interesting story. There is a couple who spent 51 weeks on cruise ships because it was cheaper than moving into a retirement home. Yeah, that's right. This is in Australia. Marty and Jess Anson uh, scheduled 51 back-to-back cruise journeys on the Princess Cruises because retirement homes had gotten too expensive. They've spent nearly 500 days living at sea as part of their 795-day voyage. But Marty and Jess didn't make the unconventional decision to live at sea. This is from Global Canada, by the way. 
simply because they enjoy the uh, the pleasure of a cruise. The married couple said it's ultimately cheaper to live on cruise ships than pay for a retirement or nursing home. On a princess cruise, the great-grandparents enjoyed the typical relaxing cruise environment while also benefiting from the services that ensure their meals are always prepared and their room is always clean. Jess said the decision to live on cruises is a lifestyle. The couple, off, the couple often indulge in the entertainment on board. Jess is particularly fond of hula and ballroom dancing while they see the world and meet new friends. In a joint statement to people... The, They've got people issuing joint statements. The Ansons said that while on cruise, they don't worry about paying for rent or a mortgage, getting groceries, or doing laundry. We're not young people, they continued. Cruising is much cheaper than going to a nursing home and means we can continue to travel the world. The Ansons said they often sail more than the cruise ship employees. We welcome the different captains on board. Uh, the Anson's love for cruising isn't new. Prior to COVID-19 pandemic, the couple embarked on 31 cruise voyages and spent nearly 1,200 days on the water. I mean, this is amazing, but it really does put a little focus on the question of how expensive is living in a retirement home or in a nursing home that this couple, now I realize it's Australia, we're not talking about the States, but I think I, I think it's um, those costs translate to the States. Where living on a cruise, you get one of these all-inclusive tickets, and living on cruise ships for 790 straight days is the cheaper option than going to a retirement home. Hey, if you can have fun with it, right? I've always thought, if you can have fun with it, this seems like they're having fun. They're always on vacation. You know, what? what is your ideal retirement? We've talked about this before, but what is your ideal retirement? Now, I'm far away from retirement if I ever retire. I hope this radio gig is here for me until the day I can no longer do it. But, you know, you have to work for it every day. But if I, if I do retire one day and I'm in good health when I retire, I mean, traveling, obviously spending time with family, right? But traveling, I think, would be a big, a big part of it. You know, doing things I have never before, but also doing some of the things that I love doing, right? I'm hoping in 35 years, I don't know if I'll retire in 35 years, in 40 years, I'm still going to tech games, Virginia Tech that is, you know, going to Vegas, going to Bills games, doing all the stuff I love doing now. Uh, but maybe you just do it a little more often, right? You, you, you go on a few more vacations. You, you do a random week in a state you've never been to before. You know how much I... The state of Montana, if you listen to B-Maz and Beamer in the morning, Brian makes fun of me for this all the time, but the state of Montana is a bucket list uh, visit for me. It's a state I've always wanted to go to, and one of these days, I'm going to mark that off my list. And if it's as beautiful as I've heard and as awesome as I think it will be, that's probably something I want to continue to go and visit. Um, but, you know, when you get retired, when you, when you get retired, when you retire, now you've got Seemingly all this free time, I'm not sure I would spend it 795 straight days on a cruise ship, uh, but, you know, maybe you just take a year and you go see the entire world. You go and see everything you've wanted to see. Uh, so I thought this was an interesting, an interesting note, and I uh, wanted to bring that to your attention. Also, I had this, I had this, I, I had this uh, <laughs> happen to me. Earlier in the week, which it's only Tuesday, so yesterday, uh, my son could not sleep, right? 
Uh, he had a little congestion, and I was staying up with him since I was in for Tom. I could I could sleep in and all that stuff. I had the morning uh, to kind of wake up. So my son couldn't sleep, and I was up for a majority of the overnight. And, you know, it, it brought me back to when you would just, you know those nights where you just can't sleep? Right? You just can't sleep. No matter what you try to do, you're, you're tossing and turning. Maybe you've got something on your mind or... Or you had a coffee, a, a caffeinated coffee at 8.45 and thought 9 o'clock was a good time to go to bed. Whatever it is, you've got those nights where 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning, you are wide awake, right? Maybe 2 and 3 in the morning. And you fight it. You try to go back to sleep. You do everything you can. Sometimes I like to run in place, wear myself out, and see if that will help me fall asleep. Sometimes you just, you've gotten to the point where that remote goes off the nightstand, and you flip that TV on. And there is some interesting... Now, I think late-night TV was a lot better in the early 2000s, if you ask me. There were some paid programs that I loved to see on at 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning back in the day. And obviously, I'm talking about the time life. I've talked about that a million times. You guys don't need me to remind you. But the time life paid program where they would just play song after song, and talk about, go back to the 80s with Time Life's 80s classics and love songs of the 80s, right? And it, uh, it's uh, Lionel Richie, Stuck on You. Uh, I, I loved those those paid programs. I, I would always hope for that, set it and forget it, all these. But there's also some other great stuff on late at night, some some programming that you just don't see during the during the day. Now, it's different now than it was 20 years ago. But the show King of Queens. I used to love watching the show King of Queens. It would be in uh, syndication. Well, it was on CBS New. And then it would be in, on syndication. And there was a time where it would be on like at 6 or 7 in the, in the evening uh, on one of the local stations. I loved that show, right? King of Queens, I think, is a very underrated sitcom. Now, King of Queens is on overnights. You can find King of Queens and another show that I think was highly underrated, and that's Rules of Engagement with David Spade and David Putty. I don't know what his real name is, but he was David Putty in Seinfeld. Um, that show was hilarious. I don't think it gets the love that it deserves. It's on in the overnights. The paid programs nowadays, not as good. Not as good as they used to be. I, I, I don't know what's going on in the ad industry but you don't have the paid programs you used to have back in the day. I, there's no one saying set it and forget it. Um, you know, no one's selling any CD collections. No one's selling any videos that you couldn't advertise anytime before midnight. Yeah, that's just not happening anymore. Um, I go to the gym now at three in the morning uh, a few a few days a week, and it's always the same paid program for Bowflex that I think was recorded like 20 years ago. Okay, uh, that comes on, it seems, every morning at 3.30. I'll find it on one of the TVs while I'm working out. But that late-night television, that comfort you look for at, you know, 2 or 3 in the morning, and it's funny that at times that used to be a paid program that would give you comfort at 2 in the morning. Now, maybe you can find an old sitcom that's not on regularly. It just doesn't have that... It doesn't have that feel that it had 20 years ago because you have everything at the click of a button, right? You can find whatever you want on some streaming service. Back in the day, you, you know, hey, this is, this is on? Come on. Um, 
But I, I, I was looking around, and I found this program, CBS Overnight News. Okay? Uh, it's on CBS Overnight, if you didn't put that together. And it's just like random news stories, right? And it's kind of like a magazine-type thing Well, where they'll do a story and then do weather and then randomly go to a break, whatever. And they did a story on bed bugs in Paris. That was the point I wanted to get to. Bed bugs in Paris, it has become such a big issue that the people in Paris are now fearing that the bed bugs could be an issue when the Olympics come next year. And this now is the focus of the officials in Paris to get rid of these bed bugs before the Olympics come to town. The problem is not only are, are, are people discovering these bed bugs in hotels, at people's residence, they're now crawling on people's luggage. And they've, uh, this was discovered today. This was separate from the, from the news story I saw yesterday. There's bed bugs now on certain planes leaving Paris. Have you seen this? Now, luckily, I have never had an issue with bed bugs. But from what I hear, bed bugs can be one of the most annoying problems to have happen to you. And uh, for the Olympics' sake, I hope they can figure this problem out. Uh, just don't hire the person who was supposed to get rid of the bed bugs in the Wrath Building. Last I checked, it is still an issue. And uh, let me tell you. I have had a lot of fun filling in for Tom these last two days. I look forward to filling in next week. I, I, I'll tell you this. I, I know there's a lot of things I can work on when it comes to my on-air presence. And believe me, it's, it's something I do every day. But I love weeks like this and next week, being able to talk with you, being able to uh, get everything out I want to say in a four-hour show. So I'm really looking forward uh, to next week. Obviously, the next three days, you can hear me on the show with my name in it, Beamaz and Beamer, uh, 9 to 10 here on WBEN. Uh, but next week, looking forward to that. And then the week after that, for the first time in a, in, a, in a couple months, I will be back on the air in St. Louis. And I love, I just love all these opportunities, right? Obviously, WBEN is my home. WBEN is uh, where I put my focus and my attention. Uh, but it, it's kind of nice to be asked to also uh, do some work in other markets and, and kind of get the experience there and see what's going on and, and what people are saying uh, in different parts of the country. So these next few weeks are going to be a lot of fun for me. They always are. And I appreciate everyone who calls in, everyone who listens, everyone who reaches out uh, in whichever way you do. It, it means an absolute lot to me. And uh, I, I'm just so lucky to be here. I'm so lucky to work for people who believe in me, um, and also work with people who believe in me, uh, work with some of the best in the industry, David Bellavia, Tom Bowerly, um, and, and the fact that they also uh, have worked with me and have given me advice, as well as the great, the legend, Sandy Beach, um, you know, have given me advice, have helped me through. Uh, I am very fortunate, and I'm very lucky that they all believe in me and have helped me along the way. It, it means an absolute lot, and um, uh, not a day goes by that I don't realize how very fortunate and how very lucky I am. That is all for today. I hope you have yourself a great Tuesday night. Tom Bowerly will be back here tomorrow at 2 p.m. I'll be back at my normal spot, 9 a.m., with Brian Mazarowski on a show we call BMAVs and Beamer. Hope to talk with you then. Tom Puckett is next, followed by Armstrong and Getty here on News Radio 930 WBEN. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.